Hi, I'm Selena Hill, the Deputy Digital Editor at Black Enterprise. And on this episode of Elevate Black Inc., empowered by Fifth Third Bank, I'll speak with Gwen Jameer, who is the founder and CEO of Naturalicious, about how she turned her personal hair care creations into a multi-million dollar business. Thank you so much for being here with us, Gwen. I want to start by having you tell us about Naturalicious and what makes your products different from the dozens of natural hair care products that we see on the market today. That's such a great question, Selena. As you know, there are, as you said, dozens of hair care products, not to mention thousands probably. Someone is more than likely creating a hair care product right now in the natural hair care space and getting ready to post it on Instagram and go live with it. So the barrier to entry is extremely low right now versus what it used to be when I entered. But to answer your question, what really makes us different is that every single product that we create is designed to be multitasking, to save our customers time and obviously also money. Now, if you think about how much time we spend on our hair, we hear the, the quote unquote jokes that we make about our hair. I have Jesus hair. I have struggle hair. I'm on the struggle bus. My hair is chaotic, so forth and so on. And let's not assume that the woman even has children at home. She's spending anywhere from several hours to all weekend just doing wash day, trying to get hair together to look presentable and look good. And to me, when I created Naturalicious, it was, there has to be a better way. This cannot be what we are relegated to. We see our counterparts in other cultures, they've been quote unquote natural, essentially wearing their hair without chemicals for all their lives. And so here we are in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, trying to relearn what we should have learned in the first place and unlearn all the myths, myths and misnomers that we've been taught about our hair. So at Naturalicious, we create products that every single product does the work of at least three products you would normally have to buy and spend your money on. For example, our best-selling Rasul Clay is a shampoo, it's a conditioner, it's a deep conditioner, a detangler, and it does the work of a leave-in conditioner all at one time. And while I realize that may sound like, what? Yeah, right. Trust me when I tell you it's legit, it's actually patented, and it actually made me the first African-American woman to own a patent on a natural hair care product. The other thing that makes us different is that we are not in the business of actually selling hair care at all. Truthfully, our mission is to help women transform their confidence in such a remarkable way that they realize that they are the standard of beauty. And our vehicle to do that just happens to be hair care and skincare products. That's amazing. And before we talk about the fact that you made history with this patent, I want to scale it back to how you even got started. I read that you began creating natural hair products as a hobby, and you eventually turned that into a successful business after you were let go from a six-figure job at Ford. And that meanwhile, at the time, you were a single mother going through a tough divorce with just $32 in the bank. So how did you do it? Again, another great question. Um, <laughs> so I did start the business. Um, as a hobby initially, it was really a way for me to figure out my own hair. Like so many other women out there, I was struggling. I was like, what's going on with my hair? How do I make it do what I want it to do? Why does it never look like the pictures I see online? How do I create that for myself? And so I started to do a lot of research, which is part of the reason why I'm so big on education and educating our customers. That is the missing link that most brands do not provide to their customers. They just say, here's a product, go use it be well with yourself and I hope it works for you. 
Meanwhile, the customer doesn't know that 50% of how their hair looks and feels has nothing to do with the product at all. It's really about their habits, how well or not so well they've been caring for their hair in the past three to six months. The other 25% is the product that you are using. And the other 25% is your technique that you're using. For example, Mm. you can have a fantastic line of hair care products. You can be having the best products ever. But if you can't do a twist out the right way, that twist out going to look raggedy, right? (laughs) So all of those things are combined, which is why we're so big on education at Naturalicious. Another thing that sets us apart. But in terms of how I got started, that was what I got started with, educating myself on all these things, how hair works, how black hair actually um, works with the products that are on the market. Most I'm sorry, Gwen, just really quickly. how, How much of a role does what you eat affect your hair, the growth as well? Oh, tremendously. Um, We actually teach something called the Repair Your Hair Challenge. And the Repair Your Hair Challenge at Naturalicious is a 15-day hair care boot camp where we take women from what we like to say, looking whack to looking like a snack in 15 days. And the transformations are amazing. The very first day, what we teach is nutrition and water intake. You can't Mm -hmm. start talking about how to make your curls pop if you aren't dealing with what's on the inside. Everything that goes into your body comes out in some kind of way. And oftentimes it comes out in your skin. And a lot of times it comes out in your hair. If you want your hair to be moisturized and hydrated and not feel dry and brittle and things like that, you've got to drink a good amount of water, ideally half your body weight in water. But let's start with getting eight cups of water in a day. In Mm. terms of food, to your question, dark green leafy vegetables are your best friends. They're full of iron. They make our hair stronger, more resistant to breakage, all those sorts of things. So what we eat is crucial for what we put for how our hair looks. Another thing that most brands do not teach. Well, okay. Thank you so much. Because I just had to know I've been on my natural hair journey for about two years, two, two solid years. So I'm learning as we go. And I so appreciate what you are doing with Naturalicious and the education aspect to it. And, you know, back to the original question about how you got started, because, again, it it sounds like it started from a struggle. There was you had a personal crisis in your life. It seemed like everything was going wrong. And then like poof emerges this very successful seven figure business. So, like, how were you able to turn that crisis into something into a success. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you can't start a business unless you have a ton of capital. And while that is actually the ideal (laughs) way to start a business, not everyone has that access. Right. Um, And we know that black women specifically are the least funded businesses out there. So, but we are the ones that are starting businesses at a greater rate than anyone else. And so for me, I started with $32. How did I start with $32? Well, I had a six figure job very lucrative income. Um, According to my family, I had quote unquote made it, right? Well, I found myself going through a very, very tough, grueling divorce. I was the breadwinner, which meant that I was paying for my side of the divorce as well as my ex-husband's side of the divorce, which left me with no money. But in my mind, I thought it was going to be okay. I had this cushy six-figure job um, at a a top, you know, top 10 company in the U.S., I was good. I was just going to stack my money up again and I will be great. Lo and behold, I ended up getting laid off in the midst of the divorce, which left me with the $32 in the bank and suddenly a single mother. Dealing with all the emotional wreckage that comes with that, I had to also figure out how to feed my son and pay my mortgage and pay all my bills. So I had been creating these hair care products in my home for myself, 
gifting them to my friends and family who would come over and say, girl, your hair is looking so good. What are you using? So I was gifting these away. I had also created a little rinky-dink website, nothing fabulous, nothing like it looks like right now, but something to get me through the hump. And I was also selling my products online at that point to friends of friends who I did not know who were interested in what I was creating. So little did I know that although I was getting laid off, I had already started the makings of what would eventually turn into a real business. The day I got laid off from my job was March 4th of 2013. And that was the exact same day that I decided that Naturalicious was going to have to become an actual business. So I decided that, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. And there was a store, there was a whole food store that was opening in Detroit at the time. This was a big deal because Whole Foods up until that point was not known for being in urban areas. They were only in suburban areas. So Whole Foods was looking to eliminate a food desert in the city of Detroit and open a store there. And so I thought to myself, well, you know, if I could just get my products into Whole Foods, that would validate my brand. Like no longer would I be like this, this little girl with this cute little company in our basement. I would be an actual business that people would trust and believe in. And so I started calling around to find out who was in charge of opening this brand new Whole Foods. It was ground zero. There was no building to even go to. So I'm calling all the other stores in the neighbor in the area, trying to find out who was the person in charge. And I ended up figuring out who that was. The gentleman told me to come down for a meeting. So I went to the meeting and he was two hours late. Something wow. kept telling me though, to sit there and just wait for him. Cause normally I would have mm. left. <laughs> But I sat there. Two hours, that's almost disrespectful. Go ahead. Right? (laughs) Exactly. So I'm waiting. Now, meanwhile, again, remember, I only have $32 in the bank. My son at the time was two years old. I had found a babysitter for him, but I have no money. So this two hours is is getting expensive because it's $10 an hour for this babysitter. So the guy eventually shows up. He's profusely apologetic. And he says, you know what? We had coworkers coming from out of town. Time got lost and I just didn't realize what time it was. I'm so sorry. Can we please start the meeting? So I go to him and I I show him my products and I'm telling him about the multitasking benefits of the product, how women of color um, are spending hours and hours and hours on their hair. And it's just a struggle and it doesn't have to be. And I have the solution. And here this man was a bald white man, not understanding the struggle at all because it's not his struggle. It's not a struggle he's, he's able to relate to. So I could tell that I was losing him in the pitch, but he was probably very uh, embarrassed that he was so late. So he just kind of let me continue. So as the time is going on, I can tell in his eyes that he's just not, he's not feeling it. Well, in walks this Latina woman. She has a head full of huge, beautiful curly hair. And she randomly asks, can I join this meeting? Mm. And he says, without a break, yes, absolutely, please join. Because I can tell he's over me, right? (laughs) So she comes in and I start the pitch all over. And I tell her the same things I've told him. It's multitasking. It saves time. We give you better hair in half the time. It's only three products. And these three products do the work of 12 different products that you already have in your bathroom. You can eliminate all that stuff and all that expense by buying our products. I was about five minutes into the pitch and she got it right away. She was like, you see all this hair on my head? (laughs) I have two daughters with the same hair and I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning just to get them to school and me to work on time by 8.30. I would love to wake up at a normal time and not have to deal with all this hair and the struggle that comes with it. And if your products do what they say that, what you say that they're doing, I'm going to give you your first purchase order. 
So I said, okay. And she told me that she was going to call me within a week. Well, it was about two days and she called me and she was like, Gwen, I got up at my normal five o'clock time and I was done with everybody's hair by 6.30. So we had all this free time. I cannot believe that these products worked so well on all of our hair. She gave me my first, gave me my first purchase order for Whole Foods. So that's really what put us on the map. Now, keep in mind, this was one Whole Foods store. It was not all the Whole Foods stores, but I milked it like it was every Whole Foods store. That's a big accomplishment. It was a big deal. And I was able to tell people at that point that, hey, we're in Whole Foods, which definitely validated my brand. But even during that time when I was waiting for all that, I still had to to, to grind and hustle, right? I was going to the Whole Foods store that we were now in. I was going there every day at noon because that's when people would come in there for the hot lunches that they would provide. And I would stand right by the registers and I would I would demo my products and I would talk to people and I was hustling and I would find someone to watch my son so that I could do that. And that was the hustle that I had and the grind that I had until we were able to get into more and more stores eventually. And even during that time, Selena, um, I was still going to the local open air market here in Detroit called Eastern Market. And I would set up shop with a table. I didn't have the money to actually buy a space. I would just show up. And hope and cross my fingers that the organizers didn't kick me out because I wasn't supposed to be there. But I would take my son with me. And he was really cute. He was two. And of course, babies tend to attract folks. And I would use him to attract people to the table. <laughs> he and I joke about it now. <laughs> but oh. I would use him to attract people to the table. And once I got them to the table to ask, you know, talk about him, I would then talk about my products. And then talking about my products allowed me to sell through my products. I would then take that money from there and the sales I made at Whole Foods, I would pay my bills and the rest of the money I would use to buy raw materials and make more products. So that went on for a while. That went on for about a year or so. And then I used that time and that money to be able to use it to market the business. This is a very slow kind of organic growth, but you know, there is, it is possible to start a business with pretty much nothing and grow it to a seven figure business. No, Gwen, that story is so amazing. I mean, look at God, the right timing, right place. It all worked out. And you actually answered one of my questions, which was, how did you even get into retail stores? So thank you for giving us an in-depth um, story uh, behind that. But I do want to take it back to this patent that you hold and the fact that you made history as the first African-American woman to actually patent um, a natural hair product. What was that process like? Wow. Well, honestly, it was something that I didn't even think was possible. My mother was the one who was hounding me to get a patent for the product. And truthfully, the only reason I even ended up researching it to find out if it was even possible was to shut her up. Because every time that we would talk, which was pretty much every day, <laughs> she would ask me, Gwen, did you go file a patent for that product yet? She didn't know the process you know, of filing a patent. She just knew that I needed to do it. And one thing that she really put in my ear is that she would say, you know, Gwen, I know you're dragging your feet on this, but one day you're going to look up and some other huge company, L'Oreal, one of these other companies, whoever, is going to have your product selling it. And you are not going to have any recourse because you didn't protect yourself. And I just imagined the the like rage and, and frustration I would have if that were to happen, you know? Um, and so at that point I was like, well, you know what, mom, I really don't think that you can get a patent on a haircut product. I really don't. I've never heard of anyone patenting haircut products, but I'm going to research it. So I went to research it and lo and behold, 
I found out that you could. So yet again, I had to go back to her and tell her, mom, you're right. Um, but at that point, that was the catalyst for me finding out how I could do it. Again, I started this business with $32. To patent at that time, this was 2015 when I received my patent. To patent something and go through the proper channels with an attorney and all that is upwards of eighteen dollars to $20,000, if not more. Wow. Yeah. And that's not even the fee that the government charges. That's the fee that the attorney charges. The government fee is only a few hundred dollars. So I thought to myself, well, is it possible that I could patent it myself? I could come up with a couple hundred dollars. I didn't know where I was going to get $18,000 at that time. So I found out that I could proceed with filing the patent on my own. And so that's what I did. So I started a whole process for myself. And I just pretended as if I was back in college, as if I were in a class and I created like a self-imposed patent law school for myself, where I would go to the USPTO um, satellite office here in Detroit. I was there three times a week. When I wasn't there, I was at the library. Luckily, the library by me actually has an intellectual property section of the library dedicated just to IP. And I would go there and I would read and I would research and I would learn all the things that had recently changed with patent law, things that were on the books that might change soon and things that might change in the future. And I taught myself this stuff, you know, to learn how to be able to patent the product myself. Um, I also researched a lot about what companies that didn't receive patents did wrong um, when they filed and what those that did receive patents did correctly. And so I did that. And for, that took about the better part of a year. Once that year was up, I felt comfortable enough to go ahead and file for the patent on my own. And I did that. And about a year after that, I got a phone call from the USPTO office um, in DC. And they informed me that they would be, they had a couple questions for me. But outside of those questions being answered, they were going to go ahead and um, register my patent for me. And it was probably the happiest day ever because I truly didn't think that I would get it, you know, because um, you always hear stories about people who file for patents. They don't get the patent because truthfully, a patent is really hard to get. You have to be able to prove that you've created something that no one else has thought of before, even if something else is similar to it on the market or even just online on the internet, if it's on there already, you can't get a patent for that. It has to be truly unique, truly different, definitely an invention. And at this time in the 21st century, how many things are really that new? You know, it's not a lot. And so it was really, really hard to get a patent period with an attorney, let alone going it alone like I was. And, and I ended up getting the patent. And then shortly after that, um, about a, several weeks after that, I got another phone call from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, uh, their historian uh, division, who informed me that I was actually the first African-American woman to own a patent on a natural hair product. Wow. Well, congratulations. You made history at yeah. that. And shout out to your mom for being so persistent. Um, and, and I guess seeing the vision and then you working to execute. Um, you know, Gwen, you have a long history with Black Enterprise. Not only have we covered your entrepreneurial journey, but you won the Black Enterprise Elevator Pitch Contest in 2014 at our Entrepreneur Summit. What impact did that have on your business? And how did you allocate the $10,000 prize money? So yes, you're absolutely correct. I have a, a very lovely long history with, with Black Enterprise. Um, honestly, 
just to talk about the, the pitch competition in the first place, a friend of mine told me about the pitch competition and I applied at the last minute. I didn't find out about it until like the day of the deadline. And I applied mm. and I was invited to pitch and I was so nervous. It was my first time pitching, honestly, um, in front of a large crowd or really pitching my business, period. Um, but it was such a, I just remember that it was the first pitch I ever did. And obviously I won, but I just remember the preparation that went into it. Um, during the conference, I remember being in the hallway, just reciting my pitch over and over and over and stopping random strangers and asking them <laughs> to listen to my pitch and give me feedback on it for two days prior to the pitch competition actually happening. Um, and it was just such a, it was such a great experience. And I met so many great people. A lot of those people who pitched against me are friends. Now we've done business together. It's been great. Um, winning the money, not only did I win the money, but I also won the mentorship which I feel combined was such a huge thing for me. Again, this was about a year after I started my business. Um, I don't think it had even been a full year at that point. Um, and so again, I didn't have the resources. I was starting my business with $32. I was still grinding and hustling, still going to Whole Foods every day, still going to the Eastern market, open air market and selling the products that way. Um, and I had generated a decent amount. We were, you know, very close to six figures and, in revenue at that point, but it was still a grind and a hustle. And then having um, Alfred Edmund Jr. be my mentor or be assigned to me as my mentor. And actually he was assigned to me for, I think six months, but this is eight years later and he's still my mentor <laughs> today. Um, those two things combined were so great because you can give people money, but they don't know what to do with the money. They're just going to squander it, you know? And so I think it was great that Black Enterprise combined not just the money and the financial winnings, but also the mentorship to marry the two, to make sure that they're the winners of their competitions are successful. Um, and so um, what I did with the money, I actually invested in equipment because up until then I was still kind of hand pouring all the products myself in my basement. Um, so winning that $10,000 allowed me to invest in some pieces of equipment that allow my manufacturing process to be a lot faster. It also allowed me to hire my first two employees to get them started. So I was able to, um, kind of move myself a bit out of the day-to-day -day production of the product and actually focus more on the marketing of it and getting the word out there and getting into more whole food stores and eventually into Sally Beauty and Ulta, which we are in right now also, um, but that $10,000 and that, um, that mentorship really kickstarted a lot of the growth that we started to experience early on. So Gwen, after you won the pitch competition here at Black Enterprise, you just continued to elevate. As you mentioned, you're in Sally Beauty, so many other retailers. And not only that, but you actually earned the 2020 Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. Tell us about the significance of this honor and what it really meant for you. I wanted to win the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award for a long time. It was on my vision board. It was something that I wanted. I feel like I manifested it. <laughs> I really, really wanted that. Um, to me, it was it was just another level of saying like, you know, you, you've ascended to this level, you know, um, it's a big award. It's a national award. Um, thousands of people get nominated every year. Only a few people win. Um, and so it was a really big deal. 
uh, the unfortunate part was that it happened during the pandemic and I didn't get to actually go to the big award ceremony and wear the, you know, gown and all that sort of stuff that they normally do. But the winning of it, it has not been diminished at all. Um, one of the things I've always wanted for my business, like my biggest why has been making my son proud. Because when I started this business, you know, he was two years old and I knew that one day he was going to know the story of how Naturalicious got started. He has no recollection of me having an actual nine to five job because he was two years old when I started Naturalicious. And so in his mind, every mother has their own business, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, he's starting to learn as he's gotten older, he's 10 now, he's starting to learn, you know, that, you know, we, we have a different kind of experience than a lot of other people. And so, you know, we are very blessed. And so, you know, it is our, God blesses us so that we can bless others. And when he, when I started the business, I wanted to make sure that the story he was able to tell as he got older was one that he will be proud of. And so it was always my mission to ensure that when we started, when I started this business, we did not have to go back home and live with grandma. When mommy falls down, mommy gets right back up. We pick ourselves up. When we fall down, we get up, you know, that sort of thing. And so for him to see that I won this like huge award, this like really, really big um, piece of notoriety for him to be there to witness it was so huge. And for me, the winning of it, the bragging rights that come with it, um, the benefits that Ernst and Young provide to their winners are paramount. But the biggest win for me is to see the pride on his face, on my son's face, when he says, my mom is the Ernst and Young 2020 Entrepreneur of the Year. And then he usually adds back, he's like, and she did it in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> you know, And so that's really, really great for me. And I know he's proud because um, whenever they do Black history um, things at school, he always wants to profile me. He never wants to profile, um, you know, the, the people that the teachers normally assign. He's like, can I profile my, profile my mom instead? And, you know, then they, they graciously allow him to do that. But um, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing for me is being able to make sure that he sees success. Because a lot of time for us, it's, if you can't see it, it's hard to become it, you know, not only for him, but specifically for little black girls too. Um, you know, again, we are the ones who are starting the businesses at the, the greatest rates. We are the most highly educated demographic in the country. Um, but yet and still, we struggle with funding for our businesses. We struggle with the discriminations that just come with being a double minority. And for them to see, not only did this woman start with $32, but she also made history by becoming the first Black woman to own a patent in this category. And she became the Ernst Young 2020 Entrepreneur of the Year. To see that you can start with almost nothing and ascend is, is, is so inspiring for them. And I'm really glad that I get to be that inspiration. And I hope that what I've been able to do and what I will continue to do will inspire them to do even more. And so for me, the award is great, but the benefits to our community that it provides is, is just next level. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's so amazing. And I'm so happy that it sounds like your son is your biggest fan, biggest cheerleader. Um, and he he feels the pride and he feels um, probably the inspiration. I think we all do, especially after this conversation, Gwen. And, you know, just to wrap things up, um, you spoke about how you've continued to evolve and elevate throughout your entrepreneurial journey. How do you can how do you foresee Naturalicious elevating in future years? 
That's such a great question. And actually something that we're actually dealing with internally at our company right now, we've been known for hair care um, for a long time. We started to delve into skincare a bit, but we found that our customers are evolving along with us. So they're growing up along with the company. And we started to do more uh, coaching and education and things like that. And so we have four pillars at Naturalicious because we realized that although we love our hair and want our hair to look great, we are multidimensional beings, right? We are not, our lives don't revolve around our hair. And so we have four pillars that we focus on with our customers. And those are mind, money, body, and beauty. And so of course the hair care falls into the hair care and skincare falls into the beauty category, but you know, we want to level up all of our customers. We want to see everybody win. We want your mindsets to be in the right space so that you can command more money at your job so that you do not feel uh, intimidated when some person decides to mansplain you and try to diminish your, your genius or your greatness. Uh, we want you to have your body right. We want you to be eating the right foods. We want you to be, we want you to have the energy that you need to succeed in this life. And obviously we want you to look good too. And so we started to create products and services around those four pillars. Um, and that's something that we're actually kind of pivoting a bit too, while also continuing to provide our hair care and skincare products. Naturalicious as a company is evolving to service the whole entire woman. And so that's something that we're definitely working on right now. Quinn, thank you again for joining us for this episode of Elevate Black Ink Empowered by Fifth Third Bank. Again, I'm Selena Hill and I'll see you next time.